Let me introduce myself. I'm Keith Taylor, 81 years old uh, and a dedicated follower of food. It's got me this far, so uh, I must be doing something right. However, uh, uh, what follows is a way to put the smile on the face of grumpy old men like myself and maybe grumpy old women because there are one or two going around. Um, and, and give them a route map to manufacture and transport their favourite cuisine into their own dining room. Instead of having to travel miles and miles uh, to spend a fortune on grub that they can cook, or you can cook, quite simply in your own home. So I'll show you how to save a good few quid uh, and have no worries about the boys in blue on the way home. And all you do is just make a passable uh, impression of the late and great Keith Floyd. God rest him. Now, providing you clean up after yourself, because it's her kitchen, and don't use too many elastoplasts, and follow these very simple instructions, we'll put a smile on your bride's face, and you'll earn lots and lots of brownie points. So here's the way it's going to work. The, uh, the format that I've decided on is fairly simple. Uh, the book's going to be laid out in 12 chapters, each detailing recipes from a different country, and thus giving you uh, an effective choice of going to 12 separate ethnic restaurants, but doing it without leaving your own home. Now, the countries I've selected um, have all got very distinctive ingredients, which is one of the principal um, reasons why cuisines differ. Um, it's not very often you come across seal uh, on a recipe uh, in a menu in New Delhi, because there aren't any, or very few. And equally, you don't come across many uh, curry houses in the middle of uh, the Eskimo territory because quite clearly they, they don't have the access to all the ingredients. So each chapter will be representative um, uh, of a country. Now these countries that I've selected are Morocco, Turkey, Goa, India, Thailand and China for the moment and I'll give you the rest later on. Now within each chapter I've given a recipe for a soup and a starter and then a choice between a, a fish dish or a shellfish dish in the seafood section and for the main courses I've provided recipes using the dominant ingredient of either beef, lamb, pork wherever it's permitted, chicken, game, offal, and of course, a veggie option. Gotta have one of those. And then finally, I'll give you a pudding option. So this allows you to construct a one, a two, or a three, or a four course meal for each of the countries that I've outlined. So there you have it. We're gonna start off with six cuisines and 12 recipes for each country and each cuisine. 
So there's an amazing, but a very manageable, 72 different ways into your beloved's heart. If it all doesn't work out as you'd planned, don't be downcast. For the price of just listening to this blog, maybe a lot less than the price of a starter at your local gastro pub. So I've made a few assumptions uh, before we go too much further. Um, and this little guide really is, is meant for those males who uh, perhaps uh, have uh, a bit of time on their hands after retirement perhaps, even redundancy or perhaps illness or perhaps you just even fancy a, a new set of challenges and the opportunity perhaps to acquire a new skill set. However, the purpose of the, the, this is, is to allow you to have some fun in you, your own kitchen and to be amazed actually at your own latent ability to produce some edible ethnic food without having to get in the car, um, get it out the garage and max out the, uh, the visa card. Now you, perhaps like me, will be a little bit tired of turning the telly on and having a look through and you'll see huge amounts of cooking programmes. Now I think dominantly this is because they're so cheap to produce. But really, how often can you uh, be amused by Jamie Oliver chopping onions? Or uh, perhaps the great James Martin showing you how to crush a garlic. Because it is strange that the majority of TV cookery programmes are all hosted by male chefs. So that could be you. However, of course, there are examples with the, the lovely uh, Mary Berry, um, Delia Smith, that well-known soccer supporter, and of course, the, uh, the most erotic of all, the uh, delightful uh, La Lawson. Um, however, the, uh, the chefs uh, produce for you a, a bewildering uh, array of their recipes. And these are demonstrated by him in a sort of egotistical, manic uh, self-celebration. Um, they may also, of course, have... Uh, written a book about it. Um, some have even commissioned their own label cooking gadgets or pans or knives. Um, but I think it's really about time that you might want to ask the question, just how difficult is this? Um, so maybe it's time that you became your very own celebrity chef in the eyes of your bride. So I've also assumed that you've got the sort of average kitchen. Although, perhaps you might have been persuaded to upgrade on the basis of added value and are now just a little bit disappointed that the fortune you've spent hasn't improved the quality of the food. Never does. However, I assume that you're vaguely familiar with the layout in the kitchen. Um, and, of course, you have to recognise uh, where the cooker is, uh, where the pans are kept, 
um, and basically where the store cupboard is. Um, if, if you're not sure, ask management uh, before you attempt any of the, uh, the cooking. And if you have to constantly inquire as to where do you keep the whatever it is, you'll elicit the uh, inevitable response from the bride, I'll look for it and do it myself. Thus undoing all of the promise of, uh, would you like to visit Tangier this evening, darling? Um, because you'll just get the invitation to uh, bugger off to the pub. Now, I'm not promising that you're going to wake up uh, one morning with a thick French accent and the ability to rustle up a five-course Michelin-starred meal for your beloved, nor would you be able to produce uh, a galantine of lark's tongues with oyster-flavoured mash on a blackcurrant and passion fruit jus in just 20 minutes. If that's what you, you want to achieve, then you have to tune into MasterChef. But from the sofa, it's easy. But really, when you're in the kitchen, it's just as easy and a lot more fun. So I've selected uh, recipes for you to cook, basically, uh, on their authenticity, but principally on their simplicity and their ability to uh, reflect the style and the ambience of the country of its origin. And I preface this for you with a list of ingredients paying attention, of course, to my earlier comments regarding symphony orchestras. Uh, and I also indicate to you the particular bits of kit you're going to need uh, in the preparation uh, of the dish. Um, and these would be those that would be freely available in the country of origin. So you've got this and you've got me giving you the sequence of events from the ingredients with the utensils and a timeline and I'll also tell you how to serve it because tasting is one of the principal joys in eating but only just because the visual presentation counts for a huge amount of the sympathetic adulation you'll get from her indoors. So here are the rules that we're going to play by in this uh, new game we're having of making you into a celebrity chef. And now the first rule is read the recipe once and then read it again. You've got to read the recipe twice so you understand it, and then cook it once. Very simple. Now the second rule is very important also. Because you are like the conductor of a symphony orchestra. You're standing in front of your huge orchestra, 
and you haven't got the first violin. He's called in sick. And the second trombonist's away on holiday. So you can't start. Well, you can start, but it won't sound the same as if you had everything. And it's the same in cooking. You can't create a taste symphony of your ingredients without them all being in order and in the right quantity. So measure them out and make quite sure you've got each particular one. If you haven't, don't try to busk it because it'll end in tears and you'll get a cry from the other uh, um, party, your beloved, who will say, God, I wish we'd gone out. That's one thing you don't want to hear. And the third rule is again equally very simple and one that's often neglected. Make sure you've got some bread kicking around or, or a cracker biscuit because what you have to do in each particular phase of completing this recipe is taste. You've got to taste because that's the one thing that you're trying to create and to influence. Maybe a little salt, maybe a little pepper, maybe a little bit more, maybe you haven't weighed it out correctly or whatever else. But you've got to taste it. And also it's useful to follow your nose because it's a sensory experience. If it doesn't quite smell right, maybe it isn't. So don't forget to give it a smell when you're going along as well. Cooking and presentation and, and eating, in fact, it, it's a combination of all of the sensory uh, experiences. It's, it's taste, it's smell, uh, it sounds, the, the bubbling... Um, and it looks inviting, all of these things. Um, and it's got to be uh, reminiscent uh, totally of your experience of a country. Um, and it's got to meet your expectations of its flavours. And of course, you really have to make quite sure that before you present it, You've tasted it yourself. Because if you're not confident and if you can't present it with a flourish and expect and deserve applause, give it to the dog. So you've cooked your dish and you've tasted it and you've got to make it look pretty and attractive. However, you're not submitting it to the Louvre or the British Museum, or the Gallery of Modern Art. So you're not going to be dotting it with rare flowers and little bits of puree and twigs here and there. What you're going to do is make sure you've got a clean plate that you have, as the chefs say, plated it up in the sort of sequence and the sort of amounts that you're presenting it to. That particular person may have, a, your wife may have a smaller appetite than yourselves. Reflect that in your plating up. But make it neat and make it tidy. But don't, don't overdo it. And also, when you're serving it, make quite sure you smile.
Now, lastly, I'm not going to uh, give you any hints on which wine to serve at the end of every recipe like some of the chefs do. Because quite frankly, if you want to have a nice uh, ice-cold Beaujolais with your haddock and chips, uh, or also you want to have uh, 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 a warm uh, Shiraz um, with uh, a bit of uh, uh, scampi, and it pulls your trigger, just do it. Because wine is a, a very simple gift from a benign and understanding God that isn't intent on complimenting what Bacchus just wanted you to enjoy. And so do I. So my recipes are all good re regional dishes. So if you can't get a regional wine to go with it, it's going to be worth your while. If you've gone to a lot of trouble sourcing out cassia bark for your vindaloo, you might as well serve it with some kingfisher beer if you can find it, because that adds to the authenticity. If you've had Circassian chicken with a walnut sauce, or a nice Turkish dish, and you want to finish it off with a bit of rakia, that just adds to the atmosphere. But uh, this is not designed to influence you in any way other than get something that is, in your view, pertinent to the cuisine.